This podcast is brought to you on Roku and Fire TV by Pod Nation Podcast TV. Find us on X, Facebook, Instagram, or wherever podcasts are broadcast. Download our app and never miss a show with video on demand as well as exclusive content found only on Pod Nation TV. Hello, kaiju lovers, and also MIFV Max on Patreon, and welcome to another episode of the Patreon exclusive, or mostly Patreon exclusive in this case, show MIFV Max, but in true crossover fashion, I am not here alone. I am here with my good friend of the podcast, Brendan Morley, the autistic Hello. lizard, the autistic lizard pro. <laughs> See that? The autistic <laughs> lizard pro. <laughs> hey, Nathan, it's long time no see. I yeah. haven't been... I haven't been on your podcast live stream since we did Ebra Horror the Deep episode uh-huh. on your channel. Like it was like not too long ago. Yeah. It was like mm-hmm. and we but this is going uh, I'm gonna give you a copy of this to put out on your YouTube channel. So hello Aww. autistic lizard audience. <laughs> yeah. Hello, my fans, and, and Nathan, I, it was so sweet, but you don't have to do that, uh, send in a oh, copy. Oh, no, 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 insi- no, I insist, I insist, because I'm going to oh. put, I'm going to make a public version of this where we, because this is a Christmas special. We're doing uh, a Christmas yes, movie I'm- that, as far as I care, is tokusatsu <laughs> enough. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> barely adjacent, but we're going to do it anyway. I just need an excuse to podcast about this movie, because it is a one of my... Christmas movie guilty pleasures and that would be Jingle All the Way. Yeah, it's one of my favorites too, along with Fred Claus. <laughs> Fred Claus. Okay, that one that one I haven't seen. So that will be what most of this live stream will be. And then Brendan, we're going to do something really special. You've done this on your channel already. Yes, but, I did. Yes, but you and I just for the MIFV Max members, are going to do a trailer breakdown for Godzilla Cross Kong, the new <laughs> empire. <laughs> yeah, I actually, yeah, and I actually did a a, a trailer reaction video. I did like uh, not too long ago, and and yeah, I is I only I think I only saw the trailer once, just one time on my. Nonsense! My reaction video to it, and well, the, it looks it this, looks really good. And I don't know if I want to give any more details because you are I are going to watch the the trailer. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So we need to get started. But before we go any further, Brendan, you'll appreciate this. Guess what? I what? found the Turbo Man doll. Ah, da, 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 da. Ah. You can't have it. It is mine. That's oh, dance yeah? friends. Oh yeah? Well, I got a homemade explosive device. Ah! So give me the doll right now. Ah! <laughs> That's my Simbad impression. I noticed. I noticed. But yes, the I do have one of the toys. I remember when the movie first came out, and the they had the original version that was released by it was Tiger Electronics, from what I read online. This is not one of the originals. You know, unfortunately, if you want to look at it the way, this is the replica that was made. I think it was back in 2021 for the 25th anniversary that was made by Funko. 
Let me see if I can uh, find it, the. the yeah, I can logo. really tell that is that is not like the original. Yeah. Oh yeah, cause, yeah. Because here's the here's the Funko logo right here, and <laughs> yeah. then the Funko logo. I don't know how well anyone's gonna see this, but it's here in this corner. Yeah, yeah. And, but I'm very happy I have this. Yeah, and I am so jealous. <laughs> yeah, well, if, uh, like if my girlfriend caught me buying this figure, she'll be like, "Really?" <laughs> and then you just say, "What? It's the most popular toy of 1996." <laughs> uh, I, I'm surprised they only made the this particular figure, though. I'm brushing off some dust. It, it accumulated a little bit yeah. of dust in storage. But uh, I, they only made this one figure, even though in the movie there's a couple other ones. There's a booster, which looks awful. The prop for, boo the, for the booster figure in the movie looks terrible. And uh. <laughs> the, they also had a Dementor, but this was it. However, I read online, if you lived on the West Coast, so California, Washington, thereabouts, you could get a car. Wow! It was yeah. It was the it was a toy car. It was called the uh, the like the Turbo Man Turbo Time Racer or something like that. I found well, pictures of it online. You know, since you brought it up, I, my mind just my mind just popped in there. Like, it, I, they should come up with a name called the Turbo Mobile. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do that. But you know, we'll start unpacking that a little bit more as we go. But Brendan. Why don't you tell us what happens in this movie? Oh, I I just watched the film a, a few days ago. Like mm -hmm. I watched the original theatrical version. I on watched Disney. the extended. Yeah, well, I watched the original theatrical version on Disney Plus, mm -hmm. which now Disney now owns this film because yep, they bought Disney. 20th Century Fox. Yeah, and and I and I do have the Blu-ray version of it, and and. Yeah, and then when I watched this film on Disney Plus, I mean the picture quality and the uh, they just remastered the the picture, and it it looks so much better on Disney Plus, better than the the Fox Blu-ray version. I mean, mm -hmm. and I haven't watched the extended version, and I think it was last year I watched it. I mean, some like. I remember a few scenes uh, that I remember in the extended version, but what I love about this film is about the it's about this guy named Howard who's played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger, lol. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> He's got some good singers in this one too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then. And well, the story plot is about two fathers and who are going around their hometown and to their local stores to find an action figure called Turbo Man, and especially they're hunting for it on Christmas Eve. And the reason why they they go hunting is for that for that doll is because. They, they kind of forgot to what their wives told him uh, to pick up a few weeks ago, the weeks before Christmas. And they just forgot about it because they're just so busy focusing on their jobs. The You're work, my number one and, customer. 
Yeah, I love that. It's like, especially on the phone with his wife, saying, like, "You're my number one customer." He's no, like, "Wait, oh, Elena, oh. I, I didn't mean that." <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so they're, the two dads are trying to find the most popular toy on Christmas yeah, Eve. I, yeah, and they and they thought they were actually going to get the toy from the from one of the store owners or the makers. Turns out there some of them were scammers, and and especially especially the two parts like when he was at Arnold Schwarzenegger was at a warehouse with a bunch of Santa Claus workers and <laughs> the mall Santas. Like, yeah, and and. And my favorite of all time is the radio station scene, which I love to talk about. <laughs> With Martin Mull, yeah. Yeah, which I would love to talk about. Is I die laughing at this scene so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're running around. You know, trying to find the most popular toy, all kinds of shenanigans ensue, and then it ends on a at a parade. And oh, and we we need to mention that we got the sleazy neighbor is <laughs> trying oh, to yeah. steal Howard's Phil wife. Hartman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ted is played by Phil Hartman. Phil He's, Hartman. Oh, may he rest in peace. This he, was the last yeah. movie he made that was released in his lifetime. Yeah, and less, some people said that he is he is called the late great Phil Hartman. Yeah, yeah, he died two years after this movie. He was killed by his wife, tragically, and then wow. she shot herself. So, yeah, it was very sad. Wow, I did not know that. I got to do more research about Yeah, yeah, it was stars. very sad. But he was known for... Oh, he was known for a lot of things at this time. He was known for being on a TV show called News Radio. Right? And I also know him uh, from Pee Wee's Playhouse oh, and really? the show Pee Wee Herman show. As, and and he, well, I also know him from The Simpsons as oh, yeah. Troy, mm-hmm. as Troy McClure. Yes, yeah, yeah. He was on the and, he was a voice on the and Simpsons. Mr. Lionel Hutz. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what he was best known for. Also, was was for The yeah. Simpsons. So you got that going on. And then it ends in a parade, and then <laughs> Schwarzenegger gets mistaken for because Turbo Man is supposed to be at the parade, and then he gets mistaken for the guy who's actually supposed the stunt man who's actually supposed to be Turbo Man. And then for some odd reason, he has a real rocket pack. It makes no sense. It's probably the goofiest <laughs> thing in the entire movie. But I will say, there's a nice escalation in wackiness as the movie goes on you know so then when you get to this point you're just like okay <laughs> yeah there's a real jetpack now yeah. i know you you're booster yeah who do you think you are mary poppins <laughs> i'm mary poppins y'all <laughs> you know what nobody likes you booster <laughs> And then the kids start beating him up. That's that's me. I'm sorry. I'm totally cool with Booster. I don't know why the kids hate him. Yeah. I, I'm just I mean, going to assume they're the offered. Kick. What? I mean, Booster is the sidekick of Turbo Man. Yeah, I just, I'm just going to assume that they're all just a bunch of, I don't know, cat-hating terrible children or something. I, I don't know. So then there's So then you have the big, crazy, pseudo-superhero action finale. And then everybody kisses and makes up and the sleazy neighbor gets kicked to the curb and everyone supposedly lives happily ever after until the wife asks Howard, oh, what'd you get me? 
<laughs> I'm first laughing at that that part is, and that was that scene was actually uh, was added to the after the end of the credits. Yeah, in the theatrical version, in the yeah. extended cut, it's just the it, it, they show it before the credits. Yeah, that's they actually switched doing the opposite. And yeah. It, yeah, which is funny because this, you know, this is a sort of a superhero movie, but it did the post credit scene just like Marvel movies did later, <laughs> originally and, with the theat- with the theatrical version. And and Nathan, I before you get to that, I want to talk uh, about uh, they what they they almost made a sequel to this film because of the. After the credit scene, I mean, I have it on my list here. I mean, if only if I can find it. And because, I mean, it does. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I have yeah, it right keep here. Looking, because, keep looking. There is a, there is actually a sequel, but it's an unrelated sequel. Yeah, I mean, I'm not talking about the the home release sequel. I mean, because because the. The producer and director, they almost going to make a, a sequel to this film a year later, but they s- decided, like, you know, let's just leave it the way it is. I mean, I mean, they did make a sequel, like, uh, a few years years later, and it I haven't seen the sequel yet, but I hear it is terrible. Yeah, with Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, he also plays the, the talking car mater. Yes, in Cars, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, come. Hey, hey, I'm not in this film. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you said you found that they were gonna make a sequel. Yeah, I think I it was it was in one of my research lists. I that I've been doing research for days and okay. Yeah, it's, but yeah, I mean. I think I watched the end of the credit scene for the first time a few years ago. I mean, I, I only watched the film a few times, but some movies I never watched the whole end of the credits. Mm-hmm. I, sometimes I just, when the credits goes up and TV off, there he goes, I'm going to bed. Right, mm-hmm. right. So just to let everybody know, so this was directed by Brian Levant, and I will tell you, he's done some other things, none of which... I think are all that good. Although he did direct the Flintstones movie from yes, the nineties. I love the, and the, the original action. Beethoven. Yeah. I love the original Flintstone live action films, mm-hmm. including the Vegas film. Yeah. But then he, he also did some direct to video movies, including another Christmas movie, but this one was a terrible sequel to a classic, which was a, a Christmas story too. And we're the less said about that, the better, because I love a Christmas story. But it was yeah. produced by Mark Radcliffe, Michael Bar- uh, Barnathan. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, Barnathan. Mm-hmm. But the most important producer is Chris Columbus. Yeah, he was the executive producer of this film. Yes, right? and he directed the first two Home Alone movies. Yeah, that's and he wa- And the first Harry Potter. Yeah, and he also directed this, this, the, the Chamber of Secrets, too, right? Uh, let me, I'll double check here really quick. I know he did I the first he, one. I, I think he did. Let's see. Oh, and the Goonies. 
Oh no, he was a writer. He wrote the Goonies. Excuse me. But and no, he, Home Alone, Mrs. Doubt, a, Mrs. Doubtfire, Bicentennial yeah. Man. Yes, and Chamber of Secrets. You were correct. Yep, and he also directed uh, Pixels, that uh, Adam Sandler oh, movie. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I don't like people said that Pixels is terrible. I, I can't. I couldn't get into it. I love it. Adam Sandler. But I think that that's noteworthy. And Christopher Columbus, not Christopher Columbus. Yeah, well, I guess it's close. You know, Chris Columbus worked on this movie, fine-tuning it all the way up to when it was released. And you can definitely tell this was, this is very much in the Home Alone vein. There were a lots of family comedies that were styled like this, thanks yeah. to Home Alone, because that was 1991. And it basically defined what, family comedies were for the next 10 years and i i also got to mention about chris columbus uh, that he almost was gonna direct a five nights at freddy's movie but he fortunately he left the project uh, back in 2018 and i know i heard that this film was actually based on a real true event that they say that Chris Columbus, I mean, was before this film came out, that Chris Columbus was was going every store in his location to find one of his kids a Buzz Lightyear action figure yes. from Toy Story. Yeah. Which, now, that Turbo Man was actually based off the Buzz Lightyear character. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll get into that uh, here in... A little bit. I just want to finish telling everybody who worked on this. So we mentioned a couple of the actors already. I should mention it was written by Randy Cornfield. And, ooh, Mr. Cornfield got into a little bit of trouble for this movie, which we'll talk about. But as we mentioned, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator himself. Yeah, and and I'll Sinbad, who was a popular comedian at the time, and Phil Hartman. We also have Rita Wilson, who played... Howard's wife, Liz. She's actually the wife of Tom Hanks, I found out. Wow. And John Belushi, which was, he was the he was the mall Santa. Wait, John Belushi? Oh, excuse me, Jim Belushi. I get Jim Belushi and John Belushi yeah, mixed up. Say, I'm wait, sorry. John Belushi? Yeah, I know. It's Jim he, Belushi. Jim yeah, Belushi. Like, the other Belushi. Before, uh, before the film was I, I know. Not the same guy as Animal House. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> and, but here's the crazy one. We have Jake Lloyd. <laughs> Jake Lloyd? Jake Lloyd is the kid. Oh, yeah. He was from the... Uh, he's young Annie. Yes. <laughs> he, he gained quite a lot of prominence three years later when he played young Anakin Skywalker in The Phantom Menace. And knowing that there are some parts of this movie that get unintentionally funny <laughs> but like you but that, never keep your promise well no no not that part but the like at the end when <laughs> jamie it's the kid he the name of the kid he plays the kenny if you want to call him that in this and he asks him how do you know my name he's talking to turbo i don't know how he doesn't recognize that that's his dad i mean come on it's just a dang visor and he says well that's because I am your, and then he gets caught up. <laughs> it's, oh, I almost get the Darth Vader line there, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Or there's another another point where somebody says, I think it was the was Phil Hartman, and he says the kid's going to need therapy for years, which is funny because he got, 
Poor Jake Lloyd got after the Phantom Menace came out. He kept, he got bullied so bad at school that he quit acting in two thousand one, wow. and then ended up at a mental institution. Oh yeah, that's what I heard. Mm-hmm. But I do when I was doing some research. Yeah, it was kind of tragic. So, and I I've been telling people for years if you don't like the Phantom Menace and you don't like Jake Lloyd's take on. Anakin Skywalker, that's fine. Leave Jake Lloyd alone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, besides his character, he he did almost had a like a a big crush and a hit on Natalie Portman's character. Oh, I mean, the whole movie is just weird and kind of awkward. And then this movie was released, well, it had its premiere, I should say, November sixteenth at the Mall of America, and then it a national premiere on November 22nd. So that would have been probably Thanksgiving weekend. I would guess grossed about $128 million on a 60, yep. 60 to $75 million budget story. I heard was that Schwarzenegger was paid 20 million alone just to be in the movie. And they made it in less than a year. Like they started filming in March and the movie came out in November. It was fast. Wow, just like that. Yeah, basically. So, whew, yeah, rushed production to say the least. So, <laughs> so you yeah. mentioned the story about Buzz Lightyear. I actually found out there's another crazy inspiration for this. Yeah, there's, there's not just Chris Columbus who's trying to find a Buzz Lightyear figure for his kids. There's also so another person who who worked on this film, also looking for some a toy for one of his kids too. I think it was like Power Rangers. Is yep. it? Yeah. Cause Power Rangers was huge. This is why I say this is Tokusatsu connections because let's be honest, Brendan, the beginning of this, of this movie, when it's the turbo man TV show, that's Power Rangers. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just oh, yeah, a pair. The, the little colorful. Yeah. The demon team. Or, yeah. Yeah. It is. That whole beginning is straight up a Power Rangers parody, which is why I say it barely qualifies to be on our shows. Anyway, no. Have you ever heard of Cabbage Patch Kids? Hmm. You mean like those little stuff, those little fluff toys that look like babies? Yes, they were dolls. Yeah, that's why I heard this is like a... I think I heard of it. I mean, it's what really happened because people wanted to buy one of those weird uh, baby uh, doll things. What I heard, what happened in, I think it was in the 80s. 1983. Yeah, there there was a big fight in the store that people are watching to buy this so badly. It happened so much, they called it the Cabbage Patch Riots. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I, when I heard about it, I was like, I don't know why. What's so special about these little I, I, dolly toys? I don't know, but people get weird when it comes to holiday shopping. I mean, come on. Have you, have you ever tried to go shopping on Black Friday? Crazy things happen on Black Friday, man. Like, there are points where I'm watching this, but it was like, this is Black Friday, people. Yeah, I mean, I, I like, we just hope it, like, it won't happen again, like, around the year today, like, over that people won't go into stores and trying to fight over for like a new Godzilla toy. Yeah, or a TV or something like that. But yeah, the Cabbage Patch Rights 1983, 
the demand for mm-hmm. those dolls was so high that violence would break out at retailers <laughs> all the way leading up to Christmas. And then just like we see in this movie, the stores tried to try to curtail this by offering tickets and doing a lottery. Oh. And so it would be like, like the first hundred people who show up would get the ticket to go get one of the products, which meant there would be people who would stand in line for hours and then leave empty handed. Oh, wow. Like I did not know that. I mean, well, the, those, those violins are fine over some toys. Uh, it's all over because we, we have Amazon now. Yeah. Yeah. And eBay too. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. That's true. And Columbus, Chris Columbus said that he always attracted the dark side of the happiest holiday of the year. So he wrote elements of the film as a satire of the commercialization of Christmas, which is funny because I think a lot of people said that they, they didn't think the satire worked all that well. I still think it's funny. Like I said, this is a guilty pleasure for me, (laughs) but yeah, yeah. but Schwarzenegger was, uh, was available to do this because he was supposed to be in a planet of the apes movie. Yeah, that's why I heard it when he's when he, when when Fox was planning to work on a new Planet of the Ace movie, they they trying to get Arnold to sign a contract with them with Fox, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. So he was available. So he's like, "I will make your Christmas movie." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And did you know that this is actually Arnold's fourth comedy movie? Yeah, he's been in a few comedy films. I mean, he, he was in his first comedy film. Was it Kindergarten Cop? That was his second. Oh, uh, what was his first comedy film? I mean, Twins from 1988 oh, tw- with with Danny DeVito. Oh, I, I think I'm, I'm I think I mouse counted. Yeah, well, that's fine. Have you seen Twins? No, I have. Oh, it's funny. Him. It's funny because, you know, Danny DeVito is a really short guy. I like Danny DeVito. Yeah, he's a tiny, short guy. So the idea yeah. was that he kind of remind, reminds me of one of my uncles. Oh, OK. Well, the, the, the setup with that one was that because both of them were born through artificial insemination, but they ended up it, it, the embryo ended up becoming twins when the scientists weren't <laughs> expecting it to. And one twin you know, it became a dot this, you know, bodybuilder Adonis guy. He got all the yeah. good stuff. And then the rest just got left over for Danny DeVito. <laughs> you know, so that's why he's this short, little short guy. So they're actually twin brothers, but you know, they're completely mismatched. So that was why it was funny. And then kindergarten <laughs> cop. I love kindergarten cop. Kindergarten cop is great. And then the one he made before this was not as great. Yeah. <laughs> it's called junior. Yeah. <laughs> And let me tell you this: when when you mentioned Kindergarten Cop, I I got I got a little headache, but it's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. But yeah, we, <laughs> I I I don't recommend Junior, even though he reunites with Ivan Reitman and Danny DeVito. Junior is weird. How badly do you need to see a pregnant Arnold Schwarzenegger? No one needs to see a pregnant Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> oh god. Let's not and say we did. So yeah, so this was his That fourth. would be so weird. Yeah, so this was his uh, yeah, this was his fourth comedy film and he enjoyed the fact that he got to play a regular guy in this. He's not uh, a marine or a cop or you know, uh, he actually his 
first ever movie, he was Hercules. Yeah. Yeah. So he, so now he gets just, and then he, and Conan or the Terminator, you know, robot, but yep. he gets to be a regular dude, just a regular dude, yeah. a family man. Yeah. I gotta say like in his, in his early films, I mean, he, he did play a villain in a few films in the beginning, but then later they made him a, a good guy mm-hmm. ever since they made Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was a good guy for in a few movies before that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that's why they made him a, like a, a a good a good guy in in a in a few in a few movies mm-hmm. after his early ones. Mm-hmm. But it's funny that we're talking about Danny DeVito how he's this short guy so he's this really big contrast with Arnold, but you found out that his co-star in this Sinbad was actually not their first choice. Yeah, that's why I heard when I yeah, I did have a a, a research about it and he he wasn't the original casting choice. Mm-hmm. It, his the original casting choice for it was was going to be uh, Joe Pesci? Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Yeah, yeah he played one of the bur- he played Harry the Burglars from Home Alone. Oh no 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 no, that's a different guy. That's a different guy. Joe Pesci is actually a pretty popular actor, and but he's only like five three, so he looks really tiny compared to Arnold. And oh, but um, I'm gonna look up the. Home Alone, yeah, but the one of the the Home Alone actors was considered as well, or is or was Joe Pesci? Was that that was Joe Pesci? Yeah, actually, was yeah. It? I did I did a research. Oh, it was it's Joe a, Pesci. I'm stupid. Anyway, yeah, I thought you were talking uh, about Dan, I thought you I thought you were talking about yeah, Daniel man. Stern. I'm sorry. Yeah, Joe Pesci was was going to be uh, going to be is going to play by um, Myron. Uh, he was going to be the original Myron mm-hmm. in this film, but sadly he's just uh, too. Sh- yeah, he, he he doesn't match the same he sizes. Been, he would have been like a foot shorter than Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger's six yeah. two, I think. And George Pesci did work with Chris Columbus and in, in yeah, a few films like Home Alone. Yeah, like, Home Alone. So why Chris Columbus pick him because they they have quite an experience working together. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why did they go with Sinbad? It was because let me first when they when Chris Columbus got the idea to have Joe Pesci in this film because they worked together in Home Alone they he and they changed their mind because they don't want to repeat the same stuff over again right from, so they decided to find someone who will match Arnold's size as it, he'll be played by the one character that he makes me laugh a lot is is uh, Sinbad. Yeah, yeah, cuz Sinbad was was closer to Arnold's height and his build. Yeah. So they wanted to make sure that, you know, he looked like he could actually stand up to Arnold instead of, instead of being this scrappy little guy, you know, which I think actually works in their favor. I found out yeah. that Sinbad and Arnold actually improvise most of their dialogue, especially Sinbad because he's a comedian, stand-up comedian, yeah, so and, he's very good at that. Yeah, and if like I did a research about him, I mean, if you is it if you have if you not seen this DreamWorks animation film called Sinbad Legend of the Seas and this this 
this movie might confuse a few people. They thought that the actual Sinbad actor is going to be in this, but no, this is just a, wow. a DreamWorks animation movie. That's hilarious. It was hilarious. But he is named after a folk hero. Yeah. Yeah. So the movie was actually filmed for about five weeks in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. and Minnesota, the- it was the largest film production in Minnesota at the time. And they filmed it at Twin Cities, so that would have been that would have been Minneapolis and St. Paul. And they also filmed it at the Mall of America, which is the largest mall in the United States. Oh, like so, and that's in this the same area that you mentioned, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is located that is located in downtown yeah. Minneapolis. I've been- Yep, I've been doing lots of research about about the locations. I mean, I I did do a location of the diner. Yeah, that because that's in, in. that's also in Minneapolis. Yeah, I I gotta say I love uh, diner restaurants because yeah, there's they kind of take you back to this the late fifties or sixties uh-huh. or seventies. I don't know what. What year did 50s, they? Fifties, I would say, it was you know when the they were those were at their heyday. Have you ever seen the Blob? Which one? The original the or original. the remake? The original. I never seen both. Okay, because the 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 finale of the movie actually takes place at a diner like that. The Blob, the the main, all the characters are hiding in the diner, and the Blob is trying to get inside. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like- pretty crazy. Yeah, but, but the it, the Blob remake film is more scarier because they because they turned people into like some dead zombie skeletons. Yeah, and they, yeah. But uh, let's uh, let's stay focused on Jingle All the Way. Arnold, so, uh, Arnold, Arnold, uh, uh, well, put we'll that get, cookie down now. Oh, put that cookie down now. <laughs> That's probably the most iconic line. <laughs> From this, but we'll talk about some of the other ones. So I'm just going over a few more of my notes. Did you know? And I remember this. You're, I think you're you're might you're probably a little too young to know this, but the year that this the Christmas season that this movie premiered, something like what's in this movie happened in real life. There was a crazy super popular toy that year. It wasn't Turbo. It wasn't Turbo Man. But it was something else. Have you ever heard of Tickle Me Elmo? Oh yeah, the, the like one of those Elmo toys. I mean, you like you like poke Elmo. it, you poke it, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and it like thrashes around him. That was crazy popular at the time. The the in 1996, that was the toy for Christmas. So it's funny <laughs> that a movie about you know. Two guys fighting over the most popular toy Christmas coincided with something that was equally as crazy. <laughs> and let me tell you something, Nathan, is really strange and and surprising. When this this film came out in 1996, this film was actually my birth film. Really? Yep, because I was born in 1996. But well, this film came out few months after i was born i was gonna say when's your birthday february february you were nine months old when this movie came out yep i was my nine months old when this film came out yeah what day in february were you born 
the the twenty fourth. The twenty fourth. Your birthday is three days after my brother's. Aww. No, two days because his birthday is the twenty second. I I met your brother before. Yes, you at, did. At yeah. Fest. Yep. You two get along very well, or I think you would get along very well. So, you know, since we're still talking a little bit about the background here, did you know, Brendan, that the guy who wrote this got sued? Wow. Yeah. Yep. In 1998, Murray Hill Publishing sued 20th Century Fox for $150,000 because he said they had a guy named Brian Webster, who was a school teacher, a high school teacher, who wrote a screenplay called Could This Be Christmas? And they said that Mr. Cornfield stole it. Wow. Like, you mean like he stole the script? He stole the uh, the the whole story and everything. He said there were 36 similarities between his script and Jingle All the Way, including, quote-unquote, the plot, dialogue, and character names. And then the, the Murray Hill president, his name was Bob Laurel, brought the script from, let's see, it says, it says Webster? Is I'm getting, where is that? It's, uh, oh, well, from, that Brian Webster was the name of the school teacher who wrote it. In 1993, so he took it to them in 1993 and sent it to Fox and other studios in 1994, but he didn't get a response. And then he said he thinks what happened is Randy Cornfield read it and then copied it because he was a script reader at the time. Wow. And then in 2001, Fox was found guilty. Here's what's crazy. In 2001, Fox was found guilty of stealing the idea and was ordered to pay not $150,000. They were ordered to pay $19 million. Wow. $15 million in damages and $4 million in legal costs to Murray Hill. And Mr. Webster got a part of that. But then Bob Laurel, the president of Murray Hill, died a few months later after the verdict before he got any of the money. And then on appeal... The damages figure was lowered to 1.5 million, but that was before the the verdict itself was quashed in 2004 after a judge decided it wasn't stolen, and that Fox had bought Cornfield's screenplay before he or anybody knew about could this be Christmas? So that is just wild to me. And it's just so wrong. And I mean, that is, it is so crazy. And I kind of want to read this now because I'd be curious to see what this script was like. Because I would like to know what are the similarities and just, that's just, like I said, that is just wild to me. Just wild. Yeah, it's just, it really is. Yeah, and- but you, you know, you mentioned that, you know, we had Joe Pesci was originally considered. So, uh, Arnold was not their first choice either. Yeah, that's what I hear. I, to be honest, I, I don't remember who who's originally gonna play. Oh, I've got a list, and yes. I checked it twice. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they also considered Tim Allen. Oh uh, yeah, Tim Allen. Tim I mean- Allen of Home Improvement fame, among other things. And he was Buzz Lightyear, which would have been funny. If, like, can you imagine Tim Allen wearing that Turbo Man costume at the oh, end yeah, when it was based on Buzz Lightyear? That's great. And they also yeah. thought about Robin Williams. That would have been nuts. Oh, uh-huh. I don't want to. 
I like to be in this film. I like to be the awesome superhero. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. See, here's the thing. Arnold kind of gets to be the straight man to the zaniness of Sinbad. So I don't know if you had people who are equally as funny. I don't know if it would have worked as well, but they also thought about Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, <laughs> and Steve Martin. I just, I can't see any of them really working, <laughs> to be uh, honest. Well, they can't have, like, well, they had Tim Allen's, they have Tim Allen, like, a few Christmas films. Like, we know Santa Claus. Yeah, and the Santa Claus, yeah. Christmas with the Cranks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I just I just have a hard time seeing any of them work. Although, you know what's really weird? Since we're talking about, what? you know, because he has to wear the suit at the end. You realize Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, as larger than life is, like, jocked as he is, <laughs> this was the closest he came to actually playing a superhero. Yeah, and and I want to talk about this. I mean, while they're filming this, the the parade scene, they the which, was filmed, of the, uh, which that was filmed in L.A. and not in Minnesota. Yeah, I I would say, did you know while they're filming this this the the parade scene, this that was actually f- the film at Universal Studios yep. Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yep, which is my one of my favorite theme parks of all time. Oh, was, okay. Well, the Orlando version. And oh yeah, yeah. You're I, talking about the Orlando version. I, like I, I even. Believe me, I haven't been to the Hollywood studio version mm-hmm. since 2016. Okay, okay. But like I said, this is the closest Arnold's ever come to playing a superhero. However, there is an asterisk with that. He hasn't played a superhero, but he has been a super villain. Do you know what I'm talking about? I th- I think he played in uh, one of the Batman films. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which I'm not much of a Batman fan myself. Oh I'm, well, he was in the infamous, infamous Batman and Robin. He was Mister Freeze. <laughs> he was Mister Freeze. Ah, what Mr. killed Freeze. the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. <laughs> uh, he's just spouting off ice puns. But I'm gonna say this. It's a terrible movie. It is a really, really terrible movie. (laughs) But Schwarzenegger is the one actor in it who's having a good time. Everybody else is just sleepwalking through it until they can collect their paycheck. (laughs) It's so sad. Like, he's the one guy. He's like, I am just here to wear the crazy costume and say ice puns. And I am selling every line that I get. All of them are terrible, but I am selling them all because I'm here to have a good time. I'll even <laughs> shave my head and paint it blue <laughs> for the role. And none of you care. George Clooney, you are Batman and you don't care. Yeah, and then, I don't uh, care. You, are you holding my cookie? Just put that cookie yeah. down. <laughs> put that cookie down. Yeah, it's just, I just, it's just so funny. Now I, I need a crossover between, between Turbo Man and Mr. Freeze just because it would be so incredibly stupid and funny. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot to mention that the one line that Turbo Man says, uh, it says, it's Turbo time. It's, going- yeah, so you have, uh, it was uh, Daniel Riordan at the beginning on the TV show. So he's like, it's Turbo time. You know, traditional superhero. Then, yeah. It's Turbo time. Yeah, when he goes... 
when he goes flying, I mean, that's almost like a reference to Buzz Lightyear when he's go flying yep. saying to infinity and beyond. Yep. Uh, there's a special feature on the Blu-ray where they talk about just designing Turbo Man and you would have thought they were making a real superhero movie. It's crazy yeah, it, with the amount of effort they they put into designing this character when he's really just a glorified toy. Yeah, and they and they did come up with a few names for this this superhero character before yep. Turbo Man was confirmed. Mm-hmm. I think it was Turbo Guy, uh, uh, Turbo, or yeah, that's all the names I know. Uh, Turbo I mean, Tom. Turbo Tom, yeah. Turbo Tom. I'm glad they went with Turbo Man. I think Turbo Man is better. Although, what you know what's yeah. funny? What? There's a there's a boss you fight in, which one is? I think it's Mega Man 7 on the Super Nintendo, whose name is Turbo Man, and he turns into a car. Wow. <laughs> but then again, in Mega Man 8 on the PlayStation 1, there's a character named Aquaman, who is nothing like the DC comic character at all. (laughs) It is Uh, weird. Mega Man games are nutty. But anyway, so yeah, the Turbo Man. Yeah, but I I was going to say, I'm sorry. No, go for it. I was gonna say like who's the next villain in a in a Nintendo game like Wonder Woman who is not the DC DC universe character. I, I'm sure if I dug enough, I might be able to find it. <laughs> but yeah, but like we said before, you know, Turbo Man, the pink, he's hot pink. It's so wacky. He hot pink saber tooth cat thing from another planet booster was like the, yeah. he has that little. Like golden underwear. It's so weird. I don't understand that. And then you have Dementor, who has an exposed brain. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just, I was like, is that just a helmet or is that literally supposed to be his brain? And then his henchmen are the demon team who look like midget Power Rangers. Yeah, they look like mini Power Rangers. Yeah, and although, and what's funny is that you get little profiles of them on the side of the box here. <laughs> you know, so like it says, you know, it says Turbo Man facts. I will read them like this. It's like, you know, he's a lightning. This is uh, this is Turbo Man. He's a lightning fast ultra tech hero who vowed to protect the earth from evil. Nothing yeah. can stop this hero. Yeah, because uh, I got a bigger brain. Yeah. <laughs> Not even Earth's worst nightmare, the sinister cyber symbiote truth distorting arbiter of corruption, Dementor. <laughs> and then it, for Dementor, you know, the Mentor facts, it says an andro humanoid arch villain with an asteroid to grind with Turbo Man. <laughs> he is bent on enslaving Earth and turning it into an. Oh, what is this? An ailer? An alien colony. It's hard to read this text. It's oh, very yeah. tiny. For his race, beware. Take care because nothing is safe from his gruesome green grasp. I love the alliteration. <laughs> and then it has like uh and then has a little thing down here, you know, talking about the, you know, like it's like a little bit of lore down here, which is just it's very amusing. It's just like they went to a lot of trouble to make this thing seem very legitimate, but more so than you would have expected. And you probably would have expected, but I got to tell you, I do have one gripe 
with this movie, with how they talk about the toy. Yeah. And Nathan, and I, before you get to that, I, I think I forgot to mention or when we talk about the, the parade filming at the Universal Studios. So were they filming this? And you know, the, the superhero suits are wearing the, mm-hmm. were the, well, they're filming this on a very hot, wavy day that they're, yeah, yeah, they're, they actually filmed this well on a very hot, wavy day, like where they're, that they starting to sweat inside these suits. Oh, and, yeah. And you know that, I think you were, I don't know if you mentioned this, but they, I don't remember, but they actually built air conditions in the suits. Oh, they did? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, especially and, since that, they filmed that for about, the parade scene for about three weeks, and they had 1,500 extras. Yeah, and I I found this really strange uh, research that they, well, the well, they're filming Sinbad on the on the parade when he was wearing the the villain suit. They, which name came seem they. I, to be honest, I forgot the the Turbo Man's arch enemy's name. Dementor. Like, Dementor. Yeah, was, that Sim, well, Sinbad was wearing the Dementor suit. It was on this hot day. They, that you know the water in the helmet and the brain. It was almost, it almost boiled. Oh, jeez. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if it's true, but I think that was, the water was starting boiling a little bit, but I don't, but I don't know if that's like true. I mean, I did that's some insane. research. I can believe it. I can believe it. But like I was saying, I have a gripe with how they talk about the toy. And you know what it is? They what? keep calling this a doll. Yeah. This is not a doll. It's an action figure. It's an action figure. Okay. Talk to Hasbro when they made G.I. Joe. It's yeah. an action figure. Yeah. Ask Stanley Weston. He's the guy who came up with G.I. Joe. Because they knew boys didn't want to have dolls. Those were what girls played with. And yeah. parents weren't going to buy dolls for their for their boys but you call it an action figure oh yeah they like, like that like that sounds these, cool God, like these godzilla bandai toys they sometimes they call it collector items or just bandai figures yeah. or they just or they call it action figures or whatever I yeah mean. they are not godzilla dolls yeah they're not dolls dolls and there are a couple of people who correct them on that like myron does it once he's like that's an action figure you know (laughs) or the store owner at the second store they go to who says yes we have a small supply and thanks to the laws of supply and demand the list price just doubled (laughs) (laughs) which i'm getting that means because i kind of calculated it i think this was about 25 dollars Oh. I think it's about this one was closer to thirty five originally. I think I got it for twenty five. It was on sale, but Man, that means you, people so would have been paying fifty. He paid triple to the. Oh, you didn't see this. This was in the extended version where he goes to chase down the lady in the fur coat. He gives her triple. Oh yeah, the Lisa Simpson. <laughs> yeah, and he, uh, he he tries to get he he offers her triples. That means he spent seventy five dollars there. We'll assume. And then he has to pay $300 to mall Santa. That means he spent close to $400 trying to get this dang toy for his son. Not to mention he committed, I don't even want to think about how many crimes he committed. 
<laughs> destruction <laughs> of property and assault and theft yeah. and just uh, breaking and entering. Yeah. Before you get to the uh, more details, right? Like, what here are the most uh, weird sound effects I'm doing right now? Like. <laughs> 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 That the, the store guy. Yeah, there's a guy who laughs like that in this movie. Yeah, I I love that part. It's like, let me tell you this, Nathan. When this when this guy laughs at the scene, it's almost like you're having a conversation with a with a hissing teapot. <laughs> hissing teapot. <laughs> <It's> a- <laughs> I'm a little teapot, short and stout. <laughs> oh, wait, that is, that is accurate. That <laughs> yeah, I gotta say that 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 guy slash almost almost sounds like a teapot, like hissing. It, he like, does, you know. he does. Did you notice what was playing at the theater at one what? point in the movie? It was what? Turbo Man the Motion Picture. I'm like, oh, oh, I need, man, I need I, this. Why isn't that movie real? I would have gone to see it. Yeah. Or I would have bought it when it got sent to VHS because that's probably what would have happened. But I still would have, I still would have watched it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I guess yeah, like when Arnold, like you know, when Howard and Byron were asked that guy when he was laughing, or they're like, I like when they made that face, like what? Is it, what's he laughing? And then he ended the story as another guy in the story say, these guys are looking for a tournament? Yeah. A tournament doll, yes. yeah, it, 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 <laughs> And it should be mentioned, it should be mentioned that Myron is a mailman. And I have to bring that up because one of my favorite listeners, Damon Noyes, who's also one of my patrons, and he's been on the show a couple of times. He's played some characters on the show. <laughs> He's also a mailman, and he told me, you know, like the whole thing where he's like, where Myron's losing his mind. He like grabs a woman, and he starts trying to yeah, choke her, like, like, like a this woman. Yeah, and he starts talking about how being frustrated as a mailman and how he's kind of like going postal. That was a thing in the '90s. There were postal workers who would lose their minds, and they would go crazy and do things was, like shoot up post offices and things like that. That's where we got the term "going postal," and. Damon actually told me, yeah, there are reasons for this because they stress them out so much that they just snap. <laughs> yeah, no wonder Meyer lost his mind. Meyer, oh, his Meyer lost his mind for a couple of reasons. But, you know, cause it's also because you said uh, you, you were talking about how they were trying, they should have listened to their wives. Well, that was true for Howard. Myron is divorced. <laughs> so wow. he's trying to make the ex-wife happy by trying to make the son happy. By getting him the Turbo Man, so he's yeah. So he's just trying to get his wife back. Yeah, well, I don't know about that, but he at least wants to make his son happy. But he's just like so stretched. It's like a rubber band that is stretched so far that if you pull it anymore, it's gonna snap. Which leads to the to like the bomb scene and everything. Which was that was a thing that was going on too in the nineties. People were mailing bombs like the thing. Oh, yeah, specific, the bombs. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm thinking specifically of the Unabomber. This guy who was and, who became infamous because he would mail bombs to universities and then they would explode he, when people open them. Yeah, and before you get to the bomb scene and the hilarious, and I gotta see you. Do you have you watched the teaser trailer video of it? Like, you know, in the teaser trailer, like they when 
when Haru is running towards the doll and then suddenly a hand just appeared out of nowhere and it just grabbed it. It was grabbed by Sinbad and it was it's like, ha ha, I got the last one, buddy. <laughs> no, I haven't Arnold, seen that one. Oh my God, you got to watch the teaser trailer video that they, that they released before the film came out. I'll check that out once we're done yeah. here then. And then right after he says it, it walks away, Arnold just turns out to the camera like this. He said, this is war. This is war. <laughs> yeah, like when he grabbed the, the remote control for yep. the car. That's oh, poor baby. Oh, poor, oh, poor baby. <laughs> yeah, there's. <laughs> we need to talk. Okay, we need to talk about the lines that are in this. Like, obviously, you've got put that cookie down yeah, now. That. That's the most iconic. And then, you know, we yeah. mentioned some of the other ones that are, you know, kind of like the, that, you know, were tr nice trailer bait, but there were some other ones in here that I thought were really funny. The, you know, uh, like, uh, the, it's like, he was, you're like a bunch of terrorists in a tea party. When he's pretending to be a cop, when he's pretending to be a cop using a very obvious toy badge yeah and he says he's an undercover cop but it's just i would like to talk about that warehouse i mean well we I will mean, but i just want to you know uh, i want to uh, talk a little bit more about some of the lines here but then oh we have the reindeer because phil hartman magically yeah. has a reindeer an yeah. actual reindeer and howard tries to break it into phil hartman's house to steal the turbo man that he that he got his son and then he has second thoughts. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. But then the reindeer goes ballistic in the backyard, chases him back into the house. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then, and you know, and then he gets confronted by his wife and by Phil Hartman. And you know, he says like, you can't bench press your way out of this. You know, referencing that Arnold was a bodybuilder. And then the reindeer comes after him again. And he says, you picked the wrong day. Yeah. And I got to say that the reindeer actually growl a war at him. And yeah. He, and they, he actually, the reindeer actually sounds like a T-Rex from Jurassic Park. I don't know if I would say that, but I know what you're talking about. So he says, you picked well, the wrong day. And well, then he punches him. Arnold Schwarzenegger punches a reindeer. Well, he doesn't sound like a T-Rex at all. I mean, uh, a different sound effect of a T-Rex. Oh, okay. I understand. But but he punches the reindeer, and he just says, you started it. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, there's an internet personality who goes by the moniker of the Nostalgia Critic, and he actually said that I could come up with a, with a better line than that, and he had three of them, and I do admit they were pretty funny. I don't know if they would have... Only the first one would have really worked all that well because the other ones are a little too meta, but one was, no more reindeer games. <laughs> but then he also said, and this one I think is really funny. He says, hasta la vista, Rudolph. Rudolph. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. And, but then the last one was, I'll be back. <laughs> 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 uh, and we will, for, we will never forget that Howard gave the reindeer alcohol, like beard. <laughs> we or also saw a scene where he pictures. Myron as Jamie and it's little Jake Lloyd actually to take a drink from the oh, yeah, the, bottle and it's so weird. Scene. It is so weird. I'm like, you went there. I don't think we would do this now, but you went there. Uh, it was like if if the kid actors if the 
as if the actor kid's mom was was saw watched that scene and she said like you would go up to him and just give him a little spanking. Oh, probably. Although <laughs> it's obviously not real alcohol. They would have gotten yeah, in big I trouble. If they like, did he's that. probably drinking water. Yeah, but you were you brought this like hey, who do you hey, who do you think you are, Mary Poppins? Yeah, this guy's doing his best Gilbert Godfrey impersonation. Before that, and this was apparently in some releases of this movie in different countries, they cut this line out. But before that, he says really? that, yeah, he says, I'm sweating like a dog at a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> and, yeah, so apparently that was considered controversial, so they took it out. I'm, really? Wow. Really? I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I gotta say, that guy who was in the booster suit, it almost sounds like Gilbert Gottfried. No, that's why I say he was doing a Gilbert Gottfried impersonation. But I love how that guy, and when we see him for like two seconds, the guy who was supposed to be Dementor, they're both smoking cigarettes waiting to to do their thing. (laughs) It just cracks me up because they're like, you're playing children's characters and you're just sitting there smoking cigarettes and cussing. (laughs) <laughs> you're just being it just being absolutely rude it's so it's just kind of funny yeah it's it really is i mean there's just they're just sitting down they're just waiting for their yeah you know, for their lines or their yeah they're when they're ready to go on uh-huh uh-huh and i have to say you clearly clearly howard makes good money because jamie has the best bedroom ever. Yeah, with all the the the, the Marvel or DC. Uh, yes, with all the superhero, superhero paintings, like they're the size of walls. Like he has a yeah. giant Captain America over his bed. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, that's what I wanted as a child. I would, uh, I want that now. The best I could do is I've got a Captain America poster above my bed. But I'm like a giant painting like that. I am so jealous, and it's Jack Kirby. It's the Jack Kirby version of Captain America, which is just so classic. I love it. Wow. And I remember when I was a kid, when I was little, my bedroom wall, my wallpaper walls are are just filled with dinosaurs. Oh, I was going to say Godzilla. Uh, not Godzilla, but just regular like artworks of don- dinosaurs. Right. You know, yeah, let me because back then, uh, be, before I became more of a Godzilla fan, I just I'm more of a Jurassic Park fan. Ah, I understand. But, I understand. But my 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 wallpaper walls are not Jurassic Park related. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I should mention the Turbo Man. Turbo Man was designed and made by Kevin Fla- uh, Fla- Flaherty. I think I, I said that right. And Arnold said it was the best suit that he had seen in a movie up to that point. And <laughs> there was one point he talked with Daniel Riordan, who was the, the stunt man who played him in the, the TV segment at the beginning. And he was, he was talking to him about, I was like, hey, what is it like wearing the suit? Because it was kind of difficult to wear the suit and do stunts and things like Because They were putting them on harnesses. And everything's almost everything's practical in this, which is just really cool. If they had done this now, it would have been a bunch of CGI. Like all the props, like the turbo ring and the discs and things like that. It was all practical. And yeah. Arnold gave him an, an, an excellent piece of advice. He said, Day. immediately double check to make sure yeah he said never complain never explain 
<laughs> you know what? That's a nugget of wisdom I think we can all take from Mr. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we've talked a lot about the movie itself. Let's talk about favorite scenes. So what are some of your favorite scenes in the movie? Oh, here it comes. Well, I love two... I think it was two scenes or three. I think okay. I'll make that make that three. Okay, let's talk about them. But I'll yeah. My third favorite was the the mall scene where I think uh, the guy with the little toy microphone uh, said they had to draw a ball. I mean, wasn't that uh, James Belushi or was that a different actor? No, that was Jim Belushi was Mall Santa. Oh, okay. I'm just uh, mix. I get a little mixed up, and so yeah, I like the way when they're doing a little game, like a challenge. Uh, like they try to draw a ball, like a yellow ball, to mm-hmm. look at the Turbo Man action figure, and mm-hmm. and when they start, uh, people are just crowded and rushing. They get trying to get a ball, and the people is just. Yeah, the the store uh, co-workers they just fold the buckets and you know, mm-hmm. balls all over the customers and the people and then so many people are just running into the store they just keep bumping and crashing into the right the, the, yeah it's like crazy yep. I was like and, 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 and the ball that Arnold goes after just it it, <laughs> it, it just has perpetual momentum it just never stops moving it's just it, it's a magic rubber ball that never runs out of energy it just keeps going until the child <laughs> gets it and then yeah, he jumps I, into a ball pit remember ball pits <laughs> ball pits were amazing yeah you know and then he jumps I, into the ball pit to try to get it from the little girl and then the moms beat him up <laughs> yeah, uh, it just it just goes to show you mom's groups ruin tokusatsu because because they were they they complained about power rangers and you know, i heard like japanese moms would complain about the kids shows in japan it's just, just like moms just leave the kids stuff alone yeah i i know this one when all says like how we're saying look what i have little girl a nice shiny red ball yeah, yeah. i'm not a pervert and it's, do you want to trade? And the girl's like, nah. and he puts the ball in her mouth. And he's like, I, I want that. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, I'm not a pervert. <laughs> yeah. And I like to talk. I What I heard, I, I think it was on my research. I mean, uh, on my research list. But while they're filming the ball piss scene, I think when they doing, after they film this, like, uh, like a few takes, I mean, I, I think they the kids and Arnold were starting playing together in the ball pit. Arnold Swisher was playing with the kids in the ball pit. Oh yeah. Well, they're doing a few shots. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. That that's what I researched about. Mm-hmm. Oh, what was your, what was another scene you really liked? It is the warehouse with the bunch of Santa Claus. <laughs> that's even better in the extended version. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they're in the theatrical version when they're be, when Howard's being the fight with a bunch of Santa Claus. I mean, there's just a, a with normal Ninja Santa who has candy cane nut chucks. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so stupid. A, it's just 
the music background in the theatrical verse, it was just a normal like uh, battle music background. But in the extended version, there's there's actually a Christmas song like like Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and did you know that you know, the big Santa? Yeah, the the WWE star. Yep, it's yeah, the it's big like, show. Yeah, I'm gonna take your halls, Bob. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, I, he wasn't quite a superstar at the time in the mid nineties. He was still a kind of an up and comer, but it's still funny to see him there. And then I love how he tries, <laughs> he actually tries to punch Arnold and he ducks and then he hits the midget Santa and like yeah. launches him a hundred feet back. I guess. Did you know that little guy that, that big tall Santa hit was actually mini me himself. What? You're, you're kidding. That was me. No, I'm not kidding. That's actually Von Troyer. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I guess we, I shouldn't be surprised. Across, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he punches him, and then the and then yeah. he's like, "I can't little buddy. I can't believe you don't. You didn't recognize. You didn't I, know it's been too him. long since I've seen Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, that's Mini Me himself. That's crazy. Warrior. And then he gets Mayhem and then he gets punched peace. by Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I actually yeah. saw there was an interview where they talked with Big Show and asked him what it was like getting punched by Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I didn't have time <laughs> to read it. So, and then that, like I said, that part's even better because in the extended version because there's a musical number. Oh yeah, there was a musical number in the warehouse scene, and yeah, where Jim Belushi sings with all the other Santas about <laughs> the boy who got for uh, who was forgotten by Santa Claus. It's hilarious. But what's really funny is that they're basically running a sweatshop and they're making bootleg <laughs> toys. And here's it's relevant for people like us because you know we're you know we're kaiju and tokusatsu fans and all that. There is actually bootleg toys out there. They just get like made in like Mexico or China or something. You just give them you know barely uncopyrighted names that are kind of generic. And I know I have friends who actually like finding the bootlegs and collecting them just because they think they're nuts. <laughs> so we get a bootleg Turbo Man that speaks Spanish, which just cracks oh, me yeah. up. It's like Este Tiempo Turbo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a legal wugger version. No, it's like you know, it's it's, it's, just, it's the most illegal version. It's it's fun and educational. And then he opens it up, and the whole figure yeah, just falls and he's apart. Like, Don't open it. Then it falls apart. Yeah, after you pay yeah. three hundred dollars for it. This is why you don't trust these scammers. They yeah, just this is why you money. don't trust the scammers. What was that? You heard me, criminals, con men. <laughs> yeah, and he's, I like he says, "Whoa, whoa, all sales are final." <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so great. And then, so I'm a big fan of the warehouse scene too. What is your favorite scene? Oh, in the warehouse scene? No, 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 no. You said you said it was. The, the rubber ball, and then the warehouse, and then... But my fav- my number one favorite of this film is the radio station The scene. radio, yes, you mentioned that, the radio <laughs> yeah. station. I would love to talk about that hilarious... Shut up, Mr. Ponytail Man! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Well, first at the beginning, they, they had the radio on it for the diner scene. I was like, if you could guess the name of Santa's reindeer. And oh, then, yeah. And then they, they start, they try to call and then they yeah. wreck the payphone. Payphones. But, Remember payphones? And then, yeah. And then they get, that gets wrecked and then they start running. And then you find out that Howard is in much better shape than Myron because he just runs really easy. My dad <laughs> yeah. loves that part. <laughs> Ever since I was a kid watching this, because the I, first time I saw this, I was I was a teenager. I was at my my grandparents' house, and it was on VHS. And I was kind of like sitting there, I was kind of pouting a little bit. It's like I really want to watch this movie, but I don't want to ask anybody to watch this movie. And they let me watch it. And then my dad just loves the part. Where he's like, "Dasha dance, 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 da 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 da." You know, like he just yeah, he's running. And I like to vote when the when the radio when the radio guys on the radio say if you guess the name of Sam's radio, when Howard is kind of like that's a that's a fast physical comic. Yeah, yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, but, and that was the look, the DJ was played by Martin uh, Mull. That's a, yeah. But I gotta say when Howard was counting the reindeers, and then if you look at Sinbad's character, like Myers, like you can see him. He was doing this, like yeah. <laughs> it, it, he doesn't even say the name. He's just counting his fingers, like yep. Yeah, I liked it when he broke the payphone. Yeah, he, it was like, yeah. it's like, ah! yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, like, and then he, and then he tries like, to get it, and then like, he tries nine one one, nine one one, nine one one. And then he tries to get it to, and then he tries to get into the radio studio and just kicks the door down and shatters the glass. Yeah, freaks the guy out, and then he tells, "I know the answer. I know the answer." And then I he tells him he grabs that yeah, he grabs the phone. He is a, and he was like, "Yeah, I got a man man here in my studio." And, uh, <laughs> yeah, help me, help me! And then and then Myra comes in and he's just like, "I have a bomb." No, yeah, I have I was, a I have a homemade explosive device. Oh, I can do better than that. Oh, yeah, do like, it. It's like it's like Dawson Dawson Fast Efficient Call the Cuban Donna Blizzard. <laughs> you see, I could have kissed you on the phone. Did I win? Yeah, I win. Too late. I really got the right answer. I won. <laughs> yeah. It's like I don't need the right answer to win. Oh god, this. Yeah, what's that? This homemade tristar is a homemade explosive device. A bomb. Leave its terms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Mister Pony, to me. Yeah, it is. And, yeah it was... and then we you. And then it turns out it was a fake. And then we do okay. This this is one of my favorite moments in the movie because we have the cop who he keep that Arnold keeps literally running into. Like at the beginning yeah. of the movie, he pulls him over, gives him a speeding ticket because he's trying to rush to Jamie's karate class. And then he hits it. It hits the motorcycle, and then <laughs> like he's one of the cops that gets called in to deal with the problem at the radio station. And and, I, and Myron is trying to get away. He's like, "I have a homemade, I have a bomb," you know. And then he leaves it and runs. And then this guy's like, "Oh, don't worry, guys. Ten years on the bomb squad." I guess, like, I. I gotta say that the the guy who played the cop was, I wish name is uh, excuse me, but but what I heard is on my research list that I think he's in real life. I think he's actually a a musical a musical rock star actor. I think really, I thought he was a stuntman. I think so, but I don't know. I. I have a big list right here. I Okay, well, you keep looking, and I'll keep talking about this. And so he goes over, and he's like, oh, yeah, we've been had, guys. 
This yeah. is nothing but a harmless Christmas package. And then he rips off the paper and then you hear. And, and then Myron's like, sick world we live in with sick people. Because he, even he didn't think that the, that it was real. But then you know, you're thinking like, wow, that was kind of dark. But then it cuts back and it's like, oh, hi, we're Looney Tunes. <laughs> He's just covered in soot. <laughs> yeah. And then he passes out and the, his buddies are all around him and they're completely like, unaffected. Like, and he just says, 10 years on the bomb squad. <laughs> yeah. And I like to talk about the, the first bomb scene. It's like, instead of like, you build a bomb. No, I don't have to build a bomb. Don't you read the news? I do these kids in mail every day. I just kept on in case I ever need it. So give me the door. I'm going to bomb everybody in this place. Yeah, and then it turns out, oh, no, guys, you're going to get the doll eventually. Yeah, I was. And then here's a gift certificate. Yeah, and it. It turns out it's like it's almost like a, another scam. It was like on the not, radio. It's not a scam. They just didn't listen for it to hear all the details. Yeah, they, they just misunderstood. They, yeah, it's like the radio is still playing, but it, when they got to the fo- to the payphone, and yeah, they just misunderstood. And 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 I like to talk about like what you said. I. Isn't I don't know if you said this earlier about the bombs and the uh, delivering the mail. It's like yeah, I did. What, yeah, wasn't that that was the thing that was that, going on at the time in the news? It, yeah, and then but they, did he still do this to this day? Or no, no, they figured out how to find those much more easily now, and they caught the Unabomber, who was the one who was most notorious for doing it. So don't worry. It, it's not you. You don't have to worry about going to the post office and then it, and it suddenly <laughs> blows up or anything. You'll be fine. I, oh, I know that it was like, but it's but that scene is one of the most hilarious scenes at the radio station. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, no, 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 not you. I recycle. <laughs> I, I recycle. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, in a lot of ways, it's a very typical. 90s family comedy you know it's got madcap pacing absurdist humor and overworking dad you know but oh i'm a sucker i'm a sucker i just it's fun it's stupid but it's fun i also got to mention about the cop i mean the the actor who plays the cop was they almost he was almost not was wasn't the original casting choice i mean I mean, before the film, I mean, when they're you know, designed some for some characters, that the the actor's character, the cop character, was supposed to be a woman. Really? Yeah, like a woman cop. They almost had a woman cop in this, but they decided like a man cop would make more sense. I was going to say, I think. I, 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 an older guy like this, I think it makes more sense. To me, like he could actually stand up to Arnold because he's an older yeah. fella, so he's like, "I'm, I, I'm more experienced than you. I'm wiser than you. You know, I don't need to be as big and buff as you, but you know, you have to listen to me." You know? Yeah, I mean, having a woman come would not make sense. And it would, yeah, fit. I don't know if it would have worked as well. Yeah, it wouldn't fit in the film, and yeah, I have a hard time believing that Arnold Schwarzenegger can be intimidated by a lady, even if it is a lady cop. Yeah, 
It's like a lady cop. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my Pineapple Express impression. Oh, Pineapple <laughs> Express, yeah. <laughs> but like I said, you know, it's it's a ridic- it's ridiculous. But I love every second of it. It's a like I said, it's a guilty pleasure of mine. I watch it basically every year. Now I own a copy. You know, <laughs> I yeah. finally broke down and bought myself a copy. So now I can more easily watch it. And and. I would like to talk about the villain in this one. Not Meyer, but Ted, the next door neighbor. Oh, Ted, played, yeah. Played by the late great Phil Hartman. Uh-huh. And I mean, he is he is a single dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's uh, that he, he always does stuff for Howard when he was away and say, Hey, you you didn't hang up your Christmas lights, so I hanged them up for you. It's what would I do without you? Yeah, yeah. He, but, then, but he does it because he's trying to steal all of the housewives in the neighborhood. Yeah, he's yeah, he's more like a he's kind of like a, a a ladies guy. He's he's like the quagmire guy, like from Family Guy. Yeah, that is true. Except yeah. he's not like Quagmire. And <laughs> yeah, why don't your parents get a divorce? Did wonders for my dad. <laughs> yeah. My like, gosh, I'm that was awful. Man. Yeah, like you're you're always terrible, man. I-, <laughs> I get the impression that that kid's mom and dad got divorced because dad kept cheating on his wife. <laughs> yeah, no wonder he's trying. He's hidden on as on Liz's. Still is, yeah. Yeah, he's like, on side of, he had a crush on her. He's trying to steal her away from yep. Howard. Yep. And he's, he, but I think Liz did not know that in the middle, in the beginning, in the middle of the film until the end when they, yeah. they're on the way to the parade. Mm-hmm. You know what's a, a scene that I think goes a little unappreciated because it's the one serious part in a crazy movie? Is the diner scene where Howard and Myron just talk about what they did before for their sons at Christmas? Well, no. It, Howard talks about building a clubhouse for Jamie a few uh, a few years before this, and it's very endearing. And then we actually see the clubhouse. That's where he. I think he's at the clubhouse when he's hanging out with the reindeer. <laughs> oh yeah, when he's giving the the reindeer uh, the, the booze. Out- yeah, yeah. I don't know if this. I don't know if that's like uh, alcohol eggnog or just. Beer. Oh, it definitely is. But <laughs> and uh, but then we get to hear from Myron, and Myron's backstory is actually kind of sad because he said that his you know he always wanted this one thing, and his dad never got it for him because he said to my dad, you know, Christmas was just another opportunity to disappoint me. Yeah, and. And that moment, Howard almost kind of felt sorry for Myra. Myron, yeah. And Myron. To, yeah, and to be honest, I think it actually makes sense why Myron turned out the way he did, why he's so crazy. Yeah, maybe because, that's why. Yeah, because he grew up with a terrible dad, and now he's worried that he's going to be a terrible dad. Yeah, and yeah, if, when the... When he explains that to Howard, I know Howard felt and kind of felt sorry, and they almost got, they almost kind of get along. Yeah, like first, un- 
until the radio was yeah, until on. The ra- and then, then they, they become started, enemies again. Yep. Yeah, like, it started all, I was like, here we go again. Yeah, here we go again. But did you know? <laughs> here's the here's the thing. Did you know the toy he talks about is actually real? What? I did not know that. The Johnny 7 OMA gun? Yeah, that's a real toy. I think maybe I've heard of this before. Yeah, but- yeah. O- the OMA, it means one-man army. And it did have seven different functions. And it was produced by Deluxe Reading under the under the Topper Toys toy line in 1964. And it was the best-selling boys toy of that year. It was marketed heavily on television, and and the and the commercial apparently went just like how he described it. Now I want to go on YouTube and find the commercial, but it's wow. no longer made, and now it's a collector's item. Oh wow! And I did look up, I did try looking it up on Google just with a quick Google search. Yeah, if you want one now, you're forking over at least four hundred bucks. Wow. I gotta say that is one expensive toy or collect. Collector. It's a collector's item, yeah. That so it's real. I it makes me wonder if that was scripted or if Sinbad made you know was just thought of that. Is he makes some really dated references, like he says, you know, you too, Barnaby Jones, to the old <laughs> cop, and I'm like, that's a boomer reference if I ever heard one. Come on. Because I had to look, I was like, "What the heck is Barnaby Jones?" And it was like a cop show from the seven, from the early seventies. Yeah. Okay, but like I said, it's the one heartfelt moment in here, and then they kind of try to have one later where he, you know, the Jamie after all the shenanigans at the end, where it turns into sort of turns into a superhero movie, and he gives the collector's toy to Myron to give to his son, and then. Howard's like, well, yeah. well, I thought you wanted this. He's like, I don't need that. I have the real thing back at home. Yeah, but he's talking about Howard. Yeah, because he's, oh, did you see the look on Liz's face when she saw him in the classroom? Yeah, yeah so, she was like, 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 Howard. <laughs> I wish it was that easy. Throw on some spandex and the ladies just love you. <laughs> yeah. It, you should try that with your girlfriend. Wear some spandex yeah. and see. Yeah, maybe I will. If I'm going to do that with my girlfriend, I'm going to have to keep going to the uh, the workout fitness more often. Oh, to the gym, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. I got to say, when he... When when the kid said that he got the real Turbo Man at home, he's talking about Howard, I'm just... After all... After what Howard has been through all day on Christmas Eve, because he's been exhausted looking for that toy for his kid, but now his kids said that he, that he now has him as Turbo Man. Mm-hmm. It's a nice sentiment. It's a little weird, but it's a nice sentiment. Yeah, and I, you know, like after the fire scene at the. Like at, he nearly yeah, burns Ted. the place down. Yeah, and then and he's uh, and how it's like it's not what you think. I mean, yeah, no, it's trying... exactly what we think. Yeah, and and it's then, like that's the one moment where you're like Liz might actually give in to Phil Hartman <laughs> to Ted, but she still rebuffs him in the end, which that says a lot about her. Yeah, and I 
when she when she told him like he, that he doesn't she doesn't want to listen to his uh, the truth or lies anymore and he it almost sounds like she's about to divorce him a little bit a little bit i also wonder if maybe that's a reference to schwarzenegger's movie true lies yeah maybe and i don't know because you know i just but I, thankfully she doesn't because she realizes ted is a sleazeball yeah and that she finally sees it, what ted's was trying to do to her she's trying to that he's trying to get to her like, to, from trying to take her away from howard and I love the phone scene when they said, put the cookie down. And put then, the cookie down. And yeah. then the how... Hey, if Ted is that, like it, is enjoying those cookies way yeah, he, too much. I, yeah, I bet he's faking it too. Oh, I bet to, he is. It's, it was like, mmm, those cookies. Yeah. I mean, we in the Marchand household, we do have a family recipe for something called Highland Toffee that we only make at Christmas. We call it Christmas <laughs> Crack because it is delicious. <laughs> so uh, do you have a family recipe like that that you get out at christmas make something special actually i don't oh i'm sorry but but my grand my grandmother does make the best frosting icing for a pound cake oh that sounds amazing that sounds amazing yeah, but anyway we- yeah, believe me, my grandma makes the best chocolate frosting she oh, makes. Oh, well, the, the Highland toffee recipe we got from my grandmother. So, so it's just <laughs> great. So the any final thoughts on the film? Anything else you want to talk about before we move on to our next segment? At least for the patrons? Oh, before we get to the trailer. Actually, before we get to the trailer, uh, yeah. So XK. Yeah, yeah. So any final thoughts on Jingle All The Way? I mean, it is... Is I know they. I like to talk about the the rate the Rotten Tomatoes rate ratings oh, of this. Rotten Tomatoes people, was not nice to this movie. Yeah, people said this is not a good Christmas film. Some people said, but if you're a fan of Jingle All the Way, it's just you like it so much because, I mean, to me, I don't see that it is a bad movie. I mean, I remember when I the first time when I saw this movie for the first time, I actually watched it at my middle school. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, in my middle school year, I think I was like, yeah, I think I was like seventh or eighth grade. I, I think, but yeah, I was like, I watched this film for the first time in my middle school years. Mm. I, I, before I became a huge fan of it. I mean, mm-hmm. But then it plays, and then in uh, my high school years, uh, it, it's they have they play this film again in and when Christmas was here in my high school years, and yeah, I mean, and then and then I watched it like for a, a I think it was like my third time. I think I, when I was when I was over at my girlfriend's place and I think she had it on VS chess and Oh really? Yeah. And we kind of watched it together and I, and when I watched this, I mean, I'm starting to become a huge, I started to be interested of this film mm-hmm. and I'm, and I only watched it. Yeah. I mean, I before I got the Blu-ray edition. I mean, I don't have the VHS or DVD of it. 
I mean, when I saw it at my Best Buy store, I mean, on Blu-ray, I mean, I want to buy it because I'm starting to become a fan of this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Like I said, I saw it at my uh, for uh, Christmas on VHS at my grandparents' house, and uh, you know, I, I like I enjoyed it then, and you know, it's been I haven't watched it every year since then, but I've been watching it pretty consistently the last I would say like I don't know five years or so. So I, like I said, it's my Christmas guilty pleasure that and the Jim Carrey Grinch, but that I really only watch that for my sister. Because my sister and I quote the oh, movie yeah, all the time. The, the Grinch. I yeah, which was my Christmas special last year with my sister because she asked to, to talk about Oh, yeah, it. You, you did the Jim Carrey. The Jim Carrey episode. version, yeah. Yeah, I like the Boris Karloff and the Jim I, Carrey I, I, That's my preferred version as well. Yeah. That and the I'm not, I'm not too crazy about the 2018 animation yeah, one. Yeah, that, that one wasn't great. But anyway, anyway, like I said... If you need a, a, a good, fun, kind of dumb, but very entertaining Christmas movie, I highly yep. recommend this, despite what the critics said back in 1996. Despite their best efforts, Brendan, <laughs> it has become a Christmas classic. Yeah, <laughs> much, to, really- much to the surprise of everybody. Yeah, it, this film has become a Christmas classic, and this was my birth film. Yes, for sure. For sure. Yeah, and... And Nathan, if you're going to do uh, a new Christmas special podcast episode next year, if you're doing a, uh, the Jingle All the Way sequel, oh, no. don't do that. Oh, don't do I was going to say, I would rather not, although no, it, it, although we could do something crazy. and Because the sequel is terrible. Oh, I've heard nothing but bad about it. But, like, I don't know, maybe you could do something wacky, like, we can talk about it on your show or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't oh, want to no, subject. I will my, not talk about, I was going to say, I don't no. want to subject myself to that. I'm just, just no, not interested, not interested at all, but it's time to move on to the GXK trailer, which you will be able to see and hear by joining MIFV max on Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Otherwise, Merry Christmas, Kaiju lovers, and Merry Christmas to Autistic Lizard Productions viewers and, and listeners. Yeah, and, and don't forget to like and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Autistic Lizard Productions, for more uh, unboxing videos and podcast episodes coming soon. And please leave MIFV five-star ratings and reviews that w- on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser and Spotify, all, those, all that good stuff, and those will be read on the air. I promise. I'll be there. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) You never ever kept your promises. (laughs) It's just like Turbo Man says. You have to keep your promises if you want to keep your friends. I have had it here with the Turbo Man. (laughs) Now put your mother on the phone. Let me talk to your mother. All right. Well, before we just quote the whole dang movie, (laughs) let's move on to the trailer. Thank you for listening to The Monster Island Film Vault, a podcast produced and hosted by Nate Marchand. If you want to join the discussion and be heard on the show, we'd love to hear from you. So email us at feedback at monsterislandfilmvault.com. Our website is monsterislandfilmvault.com. 
follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Monster Island Film Vault. And on Twitter, where our handle is at the Monster Isla One. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, and TikTok. Follow Jimmy from NASA on Twitter at NASA Jimmy and our many other colorful characters using the links in the show notes. The podcast logo was created by Tyler Souls from TylerDrawsComics.com. Our theme song is Wanderer on the Offensive, live edit by B33J, Serax, Juan Madrono, and Nonsensical Lexus which is a remix of Counterattack, Battle with the Colossus, and The Opened Way, Battle with the Colossus, by Koatani from the video game Shadow of the Colossus. All film and audio clips belong to their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or Podchaser to spread the word about the show. You can also support us by joining MIFV Max on Patreon. The Monster Island Film Vault is a Moonlighting Ninjas media production. Sayonara! Sayonara!